Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. It's your host Matt back again and I am joined by the wonderful Wayne Moulds. How you doing my friend? I'm good Matt, I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good spirits but we will get into it. Happy times and yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean well, there's only one thing I could say right now um, to start this off. We know what we are. We know what we are, champions of England. We know what we are. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful game. Um, it was one of them games, as I always say, being a Chelsea supporter comes with a health warning. If you've got any heart condition, any sort of that, you've got to be careful watching Chelsea because literally it's heart attack FC, whether it's men's, women's, youth, anyone. Absolutely nerve-wracking. Uh, and but luckily enough, I wasn't even watching the game. So I only knew I knew the result when I was watching it. But even watching the game back, I was still nervous about it. Um, but what a wonderful result. 4-2 in the end against Manchester United. Um, after going 1-0 down, then 2-1 down. Um, it was a, gay, a day of pure emotion. Um, but to clinch our third title in a row is absolutely fantastic. Um so we'll go down in terms of the stats breakdown before we look at the lineups and, and analyse them. Um, so Chelsea had a total of 46% possession compared to Manchester United's 54. Chelsea had 17 shots with four on target compared to Manchester United's 10 and 5. Chelsea made 304 passes with 61% accuracy. Ch- uh, Man United made 360 passes with 64.7% accuracy. It was 50-50 on, the, in, on duels in the game. And then Chelsea made eight tackles, 14 clearances and 11 interceptions. Whereas Man United made eight tackles, 23 clearances and three interceptions. Um, Wayne, obviously the stats do point to a 4-2, but it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't really describe the nervousness that we had in that game, did it? Oh, no, it don't. The first half was just nerves, City. Um, I can't, I just... You can see that they, they all, the players were just so nervous. You can see that. Um, you can even see, like Sam Kerr said it afterwards, that they was nervous. And if Sam Kerr says they were nervous, she was nervous. They must be nervous there because she's ice cold as it is. But yeah, I, I, no, you see perfectly. If you want watch Chelsea, just make sure your health is in good order because you won't be at the end of it. It's just. It is a manic team, uh, men's, women's, all over. But the pre- the, I won't admit, won't not admit it. I was nervous watching the game on live because um, I, I, fortunately, one person on the podcast did actually watch the game live. Not like some people, you know. But um, I was, I just. I won't lie, I was crying for it, everything. It was just that emotions was going wild for me. It's mad. Yeah, it was an insane game. To be fair, I had I did have a legitimate reason to be missing the game. But um I did eventually catch back and watch it and my god, it was it was it was insane. As I said, I was I knew the result, so I there wasn't no there was no reason for me to be nervous, but I could feel the emotion. Especially when we went two one down, 
oh, it was it was yeah as I, i've already said chelsea comes with a health warning uh and that that's going to be here for forever it's not going to change at the top goalie it's just going to weigh chelsea are um so in terms of the lineups obviously we started with the usual three four three we made a couple of changes so we had uh Katchenberger in goal the back three of ericsson bright carter uh, wing-backs Anderson and Charles with Cuthbert and Ingle in midfield and then Guru Reton, Kurt and Harder started in the front three um, with G, England, Nguyen, Fleming and Spence coming on for sub- as substitutes um, whereas Manchester United they had a 4-2-3-1 with Mary Earp starting in goal uh, former Chelsea stars Hannah Blundell and Forrest Dottier started in the back four with Ladd and Ona Battle uh, Zellem and Gronin started in defensive midfield of Ella Toon and the attacking mid-roll. And then their front three was Galton, Thomas and Russo, uh, with Hansen, Barisa and Brun coming on as substitutes for them. Um, Wayne, what did you think of when you first looked at the starting line What did you think of the starting lineup? Very pleased. Um, thought it was a very strong lineup out. Um, that only change I could have done was I would probably put Fleming in there and put uh, for Anderson. Um, but I, I could see why they did that. Um, weren't disappointed. I thought, because it's up there, probably if you look at it, without Kirby, um, it probably was our strongest lineup. Uh, so, yeah, I weren't disappointed in it. I was. Um, so yeah, when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, we had we had enough to in the bag to win the win the game. Yeah, obviously it, it didn't it, it nearly didn't turn out like that, especially in the first half, but we did get there in the end. I was I when I looked at it, I was a little surprised of how it was in terms of having when it, when you look at the lineup and it doesn't show what the positions are, you look at Ant, you I looked at Anderson. Uh, Guro and then Charles and I thought well who's playing at wing back and who's playing further forward because obviously none of our players have one position do they Guro as we know can play in the front three Anderson would naturally be the left wing back then Charles can play up forward Charles can also play at wing back Charles can also play in the centre Cuthbert can also play in the centre and out wide so he's looking at you like you assume I assumed Cuthbert and Ingle would start in the middle because that's how it's been. So I was like, is Charles going to start up front? Is Guro going to start up front? And I I did look at that and go, well, I would have preferred Guro at left wing back because um, I think she's done really well this season there. Um, and I, I I did I do I do think Kerr and England have done very well together um, since. Kirby's been out and England's kind of come in for some games. So I was I was wondering whether that would be something that she'd con- uh, Emma would continue with, but obviously it didn't. Um, England did come on at ha- basically at half-time, so obviously she did eventually come on and was part of um, what was a great win. But um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a strange lineup. but with Emma, you can't, you can't, you can never guess Emma Hayes' lineup because you're always going to be wrong. Um, and she always can do different things. You think, oh, what, what's she doing there? And then she, she picks it out of the bag, which is great. Um, but obviously, Wayne, it was a very poor start for Chelsea. Um, obviously, you have the the whole idea of the nerves behind it. Um, but what did you think went wrong 
with that Chelsea start? What was we not doing? We weren't very... We didn't have the intensity like we normally would in the matches. Um, weren't very clinical with the forward lines. Well, our last passes were very wayward. There weren't... Because you, if you're one thing we've noticed with, with the women, they are very good at passing the ball and especially the front passes towards Sunker and Harder. Um, they normally are spot on, but they wasn't that great, to be honest. Um, Hart, we didn't really see Sunker in the first half really in the front line. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what was it. Pressure and, and the passing is just non-existent. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it and I thought, as soon as I watched the game, as soon as I watched the first five minutes, and you could see United, how they were pressing Chelsea, it was, I haven't really seen that much this season or really before someone, a team pressed so hard and pressed so well against Chelsea that it almost, I don't know whether it took us by surprise because United aren't really a team that normally would press out quite a bit. Mark Skinner does like to shithouse it a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know whether it was almost a surprise that how much United decided to come out and press us um, or whether it was, as you said, nerves, which I, I imagine the nerves are going to be there anyway. Everyone's going to have it. Um, who wouldn't be nervous in that situation? Um, but it, it, I think it was the press that really stopped us from passing out. Um, we made silly mistakes and that kind of grew on us a bit. We took it out. We we took we took it a bit emotionally with some of the mistakes, um, and it, we really just couldn't find a rhythm at all. Um, not till well, when we come out in the second half, almost half time did work out for us like that. Um, obviously, United their first goal, Martha Thomas with a good goal. Um, what did you think? What did you think of the defending? Do you think it was poor defending? Who do you think was at fault for the goal, or do you think it was just a nice work set piece? Um, the person marking Martin Thomas was, I think, was Jess Carter. Yeah. Um, she could have done a lot better because she let Martin Thomas get in front of her. Um, but you can't deny it. It was a very good free kick. Um, it was put in that position where it was no man's land, so Berger couldn't come out and, and deal with it. Um, Martin Thomas got the head there. Put it past Berger, it was a good goal, good, well taken. But if you want to put blame on someone, you could say it just Carter, but I, I wouldn't like to do that because it's not like it was an obvious mistake. Do you that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I always, you, you could say she's partly at blame because obviously she has been the one that's lost a, lost a marker. Um, and obviously that's where the goals come from. But as you said, it was a very good cross at the wall. As you said, Berger couldn't come out for it, couldn't do anything about it. Um, so it was the perfect place to put the wall. Um, so I'd say, you'd say 50, I would say it's a 50-50 thing. It's a good goal, but it's also, and it's something I've, I've always said, Carter does have that tendency to occasionally lose her marker. When she, when she is on her marker, she normally, she'll win the ball nine times out of ten. But she does have that tendency to sometimes almost switch off a little bit and lose that marker, um, which it happens. Unfortunately, uh, players do 
eventually sometimes lose it, uh, lose their mark up. But it was just unfortunate it happened in that big game like that. Obviously, we did end up getting... Carter did, in a, day, in a way, redeem myself a little bit um, with our goal. Um, obviously, I, I looked at it and thought completely against the run of play. We didn't deserve to score that goal, but we did get back into the game. Uh, a long throw from, Cuff, uh, from, not Cuff, but from Carter um, into the box uh, eventually reaches Cuthbert and she takes it first time, uh, strikes it into the bottom corner. Um, Wayne, what did you think of that goal on the set piece? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, I was surprised they were going for long throw because um, we don't always go for long throws. Um, so, and then with obviously Cuthbert took it perfectly. Uh, you see the motion on Cuthbert as well when she scored. Um, it meant a lot. Is in let's be honest, that's Cuthbert this season. She's when it comes to big goals and big time, she's there. She's always there and. She's had, I think she's had a fantastic season. It's in the women's league. Um, I won't. I, you know, I know you said you against the play it was, but I wasn't surprised because it was one of those games where they was open as well. We weren't not we? What they did against us when in our pressing us and everything, yes, but they was open as well, and I could see there's there's opportunities coming our way. And we did take them, and we took the opportunity well. And we, and I said, cut off. It was such a good strike because you could see that she had. She didn't really see. Look at the goal. She literally had done it like a first time shot, um, knowing where the goal was, and it was a, a strike and sweetly, and it went in perfectly and got us level in the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was one of them ones. I think, you, as you said, Cuthbert always comes up in the big games uh, to score important goals. A very good, stylish goal as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was chances. Obviously, so they were open. I do admit that, but it was almost they were open, but most of the time they just stopped. They were we weren't able to get through them to get to them open opportunities. Um, and as you said, Kerr wasn't really in the game at all um, until the second half obviously where she uh, lit it on fire um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit um, but yeah Cuthbert I think she's one of them players that every team wants um, every every team wants Aaron Cuthbert in their team and I would go as far as maybe she, maybe for me she doesn't get my player of the season but she's definitely one of the top contenders um, because of the way she is, her work rate, um, and she does she does the work that you not many people will praise. It's the dirty work. It's the unappreciated part of football. Um, and she's really, no matter what position she's put in, she's always put her all um, and always turned up when it's needed. Um, obviously, there are other players, of course, Sam Kerr um, and many others that will. We'll take. We'll probably take the crown because obviously it is. There's so many good players in this team that you could probably make a case for near enough every one of them to be player of the year at some point. Um, but yeah, Cuthbert is one of my favourite players. I think one of the fan favourite players uh, in the team. Obviously, you'd think 
from that equaliser would, would go on and try and win this game. But obviously United did score again, uh, again from another crossing situation, uh, ball across the box, and it was another wonderful goal, weren't it, by Ella Toon? Uh, and she has that in her, don't she? Yeah, she she does. I think if I'm, I might be wrong, Jenny, I might be wrong, but I believe she did actually play for Chelsea Youth um, back in the day. And she's, and if she, that's the case, we let to let go of a good player. She's, but obviously, with our squad, I don't know where she would fit in right now. Um, but it's no surprise she's she's had a good season for Man United. Um, it was a good long ball in there. Should Anderson should have dealt with it better, but it was a good goal. Um, can't take it away from anything there. But we're going back, we go back to Cuthbert because the same goal when he's talking, it just went in my head. One rider with Scriber is a what rider because she never gives you an inch and she always like she snaps at your heels. Um, and she reminds me, I don't know if this reminds you of you for you, but she's the sort of model of like Dennis Wise. In that yeah, mid- I, can, in that I, I, can, I can see that. I can definitely see that when you say that. It wasn't something that comes to my head originally, but now you talk about it and I'm actually like, yeah, I can understand that completely. But yeah, I mean, I did look. I did just look up now for a, a cheeky little Google search. She didn't play for Chelsea Youth. Uh, it was actually she played for United in the youth team. Um, when, when uh, I guess they had a youth team, apparently. Uh, 2003, 2007. Then she moved to Blackburn after she couldn't have. Well, there was no women's team in the se- se- senior level. Um, she moved to Blackburn, then moved to City, and then moved to United. So okay, I was wondering. I, I, I'm not. I remember there's one player that did play for Chelsea Youth in Man United, but I can't remember who it was. So the thing is with Chelsea, like like the men's, we have so many youth players that we bring through that are so good that sometimes we can't always have them all. Um, but I think the ones we do have, I am happy to have them. Uh, I don't really have... With the women's, I don't have really too many regrets on players that we've let go, kept. Obviously, Hannah Blundell, great player. Uh, Forrest Dottie, a good player as well. Obviously, they've left and played quite well for United but obviously it's one of them things I'm not I don't regret them leaving we've got good players in replace of them we've got good youth players in replace of them as well so I'm not in any too massive worry situation about it um, obviously the game we kind of held out 2-1 to half time and obviously that was that must have been a hell of a team talk from uh, Emma Hayes uh, I, I, I would love to have been a fly in that dressing room at that point seeing what she said, um, what she said to the players, what the players, how the players reacted. Um, but whatever she did, um, it worked. And obviously, it was, the second half was rejuvenated by the changes that occurred um, and how Emma changed, changed it. And I just love how the best qualities of a manager is when they can look at a team, look at a game at halftime and change it in the absolute perfect way to win the game. And that, that is what uh, Emma Hayes did. Obviously, two substitutions at half-time. G coming on for Anderson. 
um, and Bethany England coming on for Sophie Ingle, so it meant that um, Gua Wrighton went further out wide, um, and then G come in the middle for Ingle. Because um, we almost, as you said, we, we were lacking with them past you thought you just needed a bit of G, you needed a G on there to connect it all together, and she really did that. She was, for me, the big catalyst uh, and the mastermind to how we won this match. And it seems, obviously, it would have been great if she scored um, the winner or something like that, uh, obviously, after leaving. But the fact that she was the mastermind in the last W Super League game to win the title, I think that's it's great. Um, what did you think of the changes? Uh, well, I, uh, in England, I was a bit surprised with because even though... I understood it, uh, bringing her on. But I would have fought on um, Lauren James um, her as well. Cause of, but um, with G, I thought that was a must because obviously her creativity is one. Um, but I think two is, she, you can see, especially when she came on, she wanted to do well. It was her last game for the club and she wanted to put everything she had in it to get us that win and she uh, she cha- she's the one who changed the game for Chelsea and now we will get into it but she's close to one of my match rewards so definitely definitely um, obviously Sam Kerr coming alive in the second half getting the, fo- the second and the fourth goal um, and honestly what, what when is when is a Sam Kerr goal not a wonderful goal? Um, obviously the first the the, the fourth one was um, clearance by a United keeper went to Chelsea. It went went to Sam Kerr. She controls it, turns in midair, strikes it on the volley, and loops it over the goalkeeper. And then the second one, um, Cuthbert as a shot. Come straight out to Sam Kerr, hits it first time, wonderful. Um, Wayne, what did you think of Sam Kerr's wonderful goals? Oh, just, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't lie, I was crying for it. Uh, the emotion as well, watching the emotion, the, the cheering on that. The um, first goal, was like we started off really strongly. The pressure was, we were bringing the pressure on to them, doing what we had been doing all season. And then, like I said, Cuthbert took that shot. Um, it came out, blocked out. And I thought, Kerr, you've got to... I don't really see her hitting the ball with her left foot that much. I thought, don't hit it with your left foot. Don't hit it with your left foot. You're not going to score this. You're not going to score this. And she just hit it. And it went so perfectly in. I was like... And literally, when she was running and screaming out, oh, I was doing it with myself. And I was indoors on, on my own. I was cheering and happy and smiling like anything. Um... Then the second goal was just well, I've, they said like they said in the quote, uh, talking in the in the commentary, what has Sam Kerr just done? Because there's not many footballers, uh, women footballers out there who can pull that off, and we're fortunate we've got a few that can do that in our team, but we've got the best one that can do that on our team. And there's something which she said in the FA Cup final uh, against Arsenal. Um, 
and I think you, if you remember this, she said, you're not on my level. And damn, that is damn true. No one's on her level. Yeah, I, I'd say the only the only person that would be on her level, um, funny enough, is also a Chelsea player and Peniel Harder. We know the quality she has um, and she could also do the exact same thing um, when it's put to her. Um, but I don't think anyone else. I, not, no, I'm not. I'm not slagging off people. Like Mia Dima is a wonderful striker, uh, and I hope she next season does very well when she moves on from Arsenal. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, but Sam Kerr is on a different level. That's why she beat her to um, Golden Boot. That's why she beat her to WSL Player of the Year. That's why she finished higher in the Women's Ballon d'Or. Um, than her as well so I think obviously Arsenal fans ain't gonna like it but I give zero fucks because we will come to you at the end of this towards the end of the review but Sam Kerr is a wonderful player um, and for me lifetime contract don't let it go ever um, and it was it was the, the one thing that I found was so funny as well is when she forgot she forgot to get her medal she went. So, she got so excited and running up. She completely forgot the medal. Um, <laughs> had to be told to go back and get a medal, which was. I, I I just think it's brilliant. And how obviously she's she's probably got so many medals. She don't probably doesn't have space for another medal in the cabinet. Um, just wanted that trophy. Just wanted to have a look at that trophy, a feel, and to celebrate. Um, it was wonderful. I mean, wonderful player. And as I said, don't let her forget, don't don't let her go ever again. Obviously. Gura Wrighton obviously scored the third one in between, but again, it was G in that movement that she won the ball straight away, um, made that pass. I think it was into England and then England um, put it across some uh, certain things. And then Wrighton, obviously, a very good finish, considering that people go, oh, it's a simple goal. But if you watch the replay, the ball was behind her and the way she's put, uh, managed to strike that, put the power on the accuracy to get it into the net. Again, it's another stylish right and goal, wasn't it? Very much. And it weren't England, it was harder. But no, no. Harder. Don't, uh, we, we've, got so many, we've got so many blonde players. I, 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 you just look. And I did very momentarily watch the highlights again just to remind myself, but still managed to get wrong. That's fine. <laughs> that's right. That's why I'm here. I'm, that's why I'm here. Um, but no, um, it was like you said, Whiten's a brilliant season. And that weren't easy. The ball by G was spot on. Harder, she did really well to cut back and part that, pass that ball directly on for Whiten. And it was a great finish. It weren't, like I said, side footage, put enough power in it to go in the corner. And it was just brilliant to see. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any more words I can really say. We, like I said, the emotions went wild this game and all the goals. Well, great, and what it weren't one bad goal in that game for us. Um, I mean, even the United goals were pretty decent themselves, yeah. And there's what you saying something, um, earlier about the player of the season with Cuthbert. Now, I think she's up there, but for me, you've got other players like I think Jess Carr, you can vouch for this season. But then you've got Gunnar Wrighton, I think, is up there. I think she her season this season has been her best so far for Chelsea. And I'll see Sam Kerr. And 
our reason why I think Wyatt's done so well for me, she's had to take that. I look at she's took the model from Frank Kirby because Frank, obviously, unfortunately, <clears throat> she's actually obviously had that time off. Uh, Wyatt reminds me of that sort of player that she supplies and she's got that, um, what's that, chem- chemistry with Kerr and the strikers, what Fran would do on the other side when she's playing. So for me, she's t- she just rise above it this year and she's done really, really well. Um, obviously, if I've got a question for you, um, and I've been muddling in my head about it. What would have been yours this season? What would have been your goal this season in the WSL? Oh, my God. There's, there's a lot. There's too many to choose from. Um, oh. <laughs> I've got three. Oh, the, for me, there's, there, 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 there's too many for me to make a snap decision. I think I'm going to have to think about this and we'll definitely make our minds up of it in the uh, season review once we've seen, obviously, the FA Cup final because you never know. We got, there could be an absolute goal cracker at the FA Cup final that could top them all. Um, but what what would be yours top three then? I'll go in the top three in order. The third one, Lee Charles against West Ham. Yeah. Second one, near the hard against Man United. Oh yes, I, 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 I do you know what? I've complete, I completely forgot about that goal, and you've just reminded me, and that's yeah. And then I've got to go for the last goal we've ever scored in WSL with Sanka. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's so many. Good, I'm just looking back. You think you got the FA Cup final with Arsenal? Kerr's won in that one. There's, you've had the multiple Guru right and fantastic shots as well. There's been so many. Bang Kirby. Yeah. It, it's, hard, it's hard to choose. Normally. England get, as well. Yeah. When she followed in at home, I can't remember who we put, I think it was Wedding. We yeah, like Wedding. Yeah. yeah. We just we scored like you these type of goals. In other teams, you'd, you'd maybe get it once or twice a season and that would just be their goal of the season, full stop. There wouldn't really be a debate. But we end up, we score so many of these goals that it's it's hard. It, you, I find it's hard to, I find it harsh to just go and say, well, that's not goal of the season because it should be. It really should be. But it's followed up the next week by another great goal. Um, and it, what winds me up is, though, on the app, on Fifth Stand app, they always vote for the month for the goal, uh, for the month goal of the month, and I always watch it and I think the women's are definitely up there. They never get the votes, never. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, well, unfortunately, when you've got the all all the fan base watching the men's and only a very small minority watching the women's, you're naturally they're never really going to get the credit. Uh, on the fifth stand-up, but we we all know the wonderful goals, and I'm not being funny. I wouldn't like to be I wouldn't like to be just watching the men's at the moment. I'm glad that to switch off from the men's, I can watch the women's because I don't know what I'd be doing right now in terms of football-wise if I couldn't watch the women's. Your grey hair becoming 
Oh, I wouldn't even, I, they would, the hair would just fall out. It wouldn't even be grey anymore. It would just be dead, gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you said about Gura writing because she is my, she's prob, she probably is my player of the season uh, as well. Um, and actually, when I was watching the kind of interviews after, it was announced that Gura Wrighton was also the support voted the supporters player player of the season as well. So I think it, it is one that obviously Sam Kerr, Harder, Kirby, etc. They get all the plaudits um, in terms of the mainstream view that every commentator knows. But Guru is one that people that never gets talked about really, apart mm. from when she scores. Um, and she's almost that person everyone forgets. And I, I think she's had a very good season. I think she's been phenomenal. And I think she's almost, especially learning a new position as well. You'd think she's played that position her whole career. But no, she's learned that and she's done really well. For, I'm going to do a cop out with this. I wouldn't put Carter in my top three or four in terms of player of the season. But I'm going to do a cop out and say she's my most improved player of the season because I think you, I tell you now, Matt, you don't squeeze. But look, I, uh, why? Because obviously I've got to ask the question because I know my reasons. But why would you not say that about Jess Carr? I just think the start she had. If you're harshly comparing to the likes of Guru. Sam Kerr, etc. I just feel that the start of the season kind of goes against her, where she did make a few mistakes. But when I say in terms of the most improved, how she improved from that and came to be this very solid centre back she is now, that's where I kind of well, I'll put her into most improved because I always find that's yes, player of the season is the one that you look at and go, oh, wow, she's the player of the season, but. I always, when I was when I was a footballer, I was always wanting to be the most improved because it shows the progression. Um, and I think Jess Carter is on her way to becoming this, becoming possibly player of the season next year. Um, I just think with that start, it probably is the one thing that knocks her down compared to the rest. Um, whereas Guro hasn't really been off form at all. Um, Sam. She has her odd games, but again, there's not really been a f- period of time where she's been completely off it. Um, obviously, she missed part of the season because of the Asia Cup. You can't really put that against her in terms of not getting it. Um, but yeah, that that would be my reasons. I don't know whether you would agree with them, but no, I, I, I actually fully understand your reasons, and they're not unreasonable for you. That makes it change. Um, no, I, I think. The reason why I would put Jess Carr up there, even though the start of the season, like you said, she sometimes I do have bad games, but for me, she's been so key to games what have been tight this season, and we need and she's come in that defence without any issues, and she's not only played back three or back four. So play a wing back to the situation as well. Um and she uh, to prove how good she's been this now, she's been basically given a chance at England's first team and she's it looks like she's taken that spot 
to be a player in the in the team come the Euros, and for that reason, which should should be up there. Um, it's like Penelope Harder for me, she should be up there, but because of the injury she had, she missed the majority of the season. It's hard to say. I think that's what took her away for it for me was the injury, yeah. and then that's the same kind of with Kirby as well. Yeah, but it, then you look at obviously White and uh, Cuthbert and Kerr, but then you, if you would like to see the most improved, I would be putting uh, Jesse Fleming in it. Yeah, I think. The only reason I didn't consider Jesse as much as Jess was because Jesse really kind of obviously blew up just before the start of the season with the um, Canadian team. Um, and because she, she'd done so well in that, it was kind of from the start of the season, there was that almost in the Chelsea women's fan, there was that kind of expectation that was there uh, when she come back. Uh, that would... I think that is the reason why I'm almost giving it to Jess Carter rather than um, Jesse. Also, because when Jess was going through that little bit of a tough patch at the start of the season, um, there were quite a few Chelsea fans that were on her back a little bit. Um, I, I was, I would say, I was one of them ones that was critical, but I wasn't going too far. There was a couple that you know. You know what football fans are like, Wayne, do go too far <laughs> at some at points. Um, but the fact that she come back and almost shut the haters up, I always like I always like it when a player does that. When a player proves I like to be proven wrong. I've always say when I when I when I have an opinion on, on a player, especially with the Chelsea men's people like Timo Werner, etc. Um, I have that opinion and I'd love for you to prove me wrong. Unfortunately, nine times out of ten they don't prove me wrong. But Jess Carter was someone that instantly has proved me wrong. Uh, and I like I like it when I'm, I can admit that when I'm wrong. Um, I can admit when I've said something before and I'm like, yep, that, that, that's not, that's totally not valid anymore. Um, and yeah, that's why I've kind of, in my mind, put Jess Carter as that kind of most improved um, player in the squad. Um, but before we kind of go on to a bit more of a Man City preview for the FA Cup final because you know Chelsea women they're always in big games there's no there's no stop it's always keeps going and going um there was a little bit of banter at the end um and obviously coming at you Arsenal fans we've waited 38 minutes to do this um obviously commiserations for not getting the title but you 100% deserve it you deserve to lose this title in the way you did because that your your arrogant manager doing the knee slide at the beginning of the season at the Emirates Stadium, and then the fact that in the title celebrations you see Cuthbert and Millie Bright do the exact same celebration in front of the trophy. That's Jonas Heidefeld. That's how it started, and this is how it ended. Millie Bright and Aaron Cuthbert making sure you cry to sleep at night because you know you've lost the title. Um, and lost the mind games overall. Um, Wayne, what do you think of obviously Arsenal losing out and Jonas Eideveld being completely embarrassed as we predicted he would? Not surprised one little bit. 
Um, I don't know if you watched the live. I'll probably guess you didn't live um, after the game. Cuthbert and other players was going live on Instagram. I put yeah. it on just for final putting it on, just like to watch what they was doing. And they was all sitting there cheering, singing. And then you had Kerr and that come up. Where are they now? Where are they now? And you're obviously talking about Arsenal. And yeah, it's I couldn't help this bit of um, giggle afterwards. Um, but I think they had to, to lose the way they did. I think it's put them in their place knowing that don't react too soon because it's not over to the last game of the season. We didn't react to the last game of the season. And then we let it all well. But you know, what makes me laugh is I'd understand if it was like four or five games left and you did that. While it's still very stupid, and I, but you could kind of understand it a little bit more. You think, all right, we're on the finishing line. We're in the last innings. It's going to be, we're going we're gonna to do it. But to do it on the first game of the season, it's just absolutely laughable. And it just sums up the banter club that Arsenal FC are, that they'd do that and then it would get smacked in their faces like that. Because let's be honest, the reason they lost this title, well, I'd argue actually we should have won it more comfortably if uh, certain decisions went for us in not one but both the Arsenal games. But there you go. Uh, We move on from that. We don't complain about that too much. But the reason they lost the game is because they lost to Birmingham City, who lost who are bottom of the league and got relegated. So Arsenal have got nothing to say. that, that It's their own fault that they lost the title. That was the difference. Um, and maybe Jonas Seidelberg needs to go back and be a bit more humble. I want to I want to see him come back next season and be a bit more humble because there are rumours that Miadima could be leaving in the summer. And I think if they do, I don't see Arsenal recovering. Um I don't, I don't see them being the main title challengers of us next season um, at all, uh, unless they can find a player that replaces Miedema's goals, which I don't think they would if they, if she was to go, uh, unless she goes and get, unless they go and get Sam Kerr, of course, which they're not going to get Sam Kerr because she's going to stay here forever, Chelsea legend. Um, so we'll move on now. Obviously, leagues won. Well done. We've had the celebrations, but. It's not over. We've still got another trophy to go and get, um, and to possibly do one of the first, one of the first, and probably only times a, ch- a team will win two FA Cups in one season. Um, we're obviously where we won last year's FA Cup this season in uh, against Arsenal earlier in the year, um, and now we could go and do it against Man City. Obviously, Man City. It's kind of revenge for the Conte Cup, isn't it? Do you think these players would be fired up for it? I think they'll be fired up for it, but I think it'd be a lot tighter game than if we were playing Arsenal. Of course, Man City are a very good team. I mean, obviously, they've they've been on a fantastic run of form um, in the end of the season. You'd argue 
most definitely if this was if they didn't have their injuries that they had at the start of the season because let's be honest we're not we're not completely biased they had a horrible set of injuries uh in the start of the season there was no surprise where they were uh when you look at how much injuries they have unfortunately the women's teams are not even as we we've seen this season with when we've had covid problems it's not the biggest squads in the world what well, you lose a couple of players and it it can easily take a lot it can easily ruin your season just like that um but do you think next season i think a couple of the commentators on sky were talking about it do you think city could be the potential favorites for next season for the title the way they're playing if they can translate this form into next season as it stands yes but it all depends on the transfer market um because obviously with the euros coming up there's going to be a lot of movement um and like we know us as as chelsea fans we need we need some uh, fresh blood in the, in the squad um because there's a lot of people leaving um but at the moment, if you look at it, Man City are strong, and they not—they're not even relying on Ella Wright, and she's a, and how good she is as a striker, and they're not even relying on her anymore. They've got players in that midfield that are probably the best midfield in the women's league. Um, I mean, they've got experience all over, and four internationals. It's just a really good side, and I think they would have won the league this year if it uh, weren't for the injuries. Um, and I'm not saying it because it just shows it. I'm being serious when I say it. They had the worst part of injuries you can think of, and if it didn't, and if that didn't happen, they could easily been. If they weren't to win the league, they could easily be finished behind our second. I think Arsenal would have been third. Yeah, I mean, obviously, last obviously this year it's been Arsenal, but even last year, last year it was City that were fighting for us for a title. The year before that, um, also, the City have always been there or thereabouts, and obviously they did, did they did just have so many injuries and so many different positions, including obviously the goalkeeper. I mean, when they played us, when we smashed them up uh, in the league game, they had their third, they had their third choice goalkeeper, and obviously. If you even look, even look at the men's having going from Edward Mendy to Bettinelli is bad enough, but in the women's game, it's the 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 gap between your first choice and your third choice is completely huge. And I remember when we were we were we were playing the game, it was almost like, God, this you got to give this girl a break because she, she is you're absolutely destroying her um, with the some of the mistakes she was making, um, which is unfortunate. It's not not her fault uh it's just the unfortunate position she was put in um when you come up against the best strikers in the world um you're going to get found out like she did um but obviously they did beat us quite well in the conti cup um there obviously there was the mistakes from burger um that obviously didn't help that but do you think do you think we can do you think we've learned from the mistakes and do you think we'll get the result um look to change it and get the result this time yeah, I think we'll want to revenge or I think we'll want to do it in the biggest stage of them all. Um, I think it will be a... I think we could do it. But I would be worried because Man's, 
especially if Berger plays in goal, because Berger this season, unfortunately, she's not been consistent. Um, and it's been, like we've been fortunate to have such a good second keeper in come in and just take the position, and we we haven't missed Berger as much. But that worries me a bit. Um, and the midfield as well, because I think they've got a better midfield than we have, to be honest. Um, we've got Kion Ria, George Stanway, Kieran Walsh, and then we've got what well, we're missing. That's I, don't, I can't remember. Look, if we started with Sophie Ingle and Cuff at the weekend, and we bought Geelong full against Cuff, but, but I don't know how the issues. Emma Hayes will play it, but I'm worried because she's their midfield will be strong. I think they'll be stronger than us. Yeah, definitely. I think without obviously Melanie, um, it you do you there is a big hole in that midfield because you'd normally expect if it was not if it if everyone was fully fit, you'd expect Melanie and Ingle to start in this midfield as the kind of good defensive structure. But obviously, and I'm not complaining about Cuthbert, it's obviously Cuthbert is not naturally a centre midfielder. And when you're playing against a team like Man City, when they've got a good midfield like that, naturally you will get caught out a bit more. Um, let's, I do think that Emma might change up formation-wise to try and help with that. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that when we go into our predicted lineups. Um which we'll do now. Um, so obviously you mentioned um, Berger. Uh, so would you start Zatira in goal? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you as well. I think um, Berger, I don't think she's been bad. She's just had moments. And then obviously when you've got someone as good as Zatira on the bench, um, as a second goalkeeper, naturally when you have your moments, you're going to get put under the pressure straight away and I think it is almost the way it is with the pair of them it is almost passing the baton um Berger's not exactly the youngest goalkeeper in the world um as the cheer has shown that she's she's improving and she's young she's got lots of potential um she's a great character so um yeah I think it, it's almost the transition between the two of them and I think Zachira will start um, against Man City, uh, and I think she'll she'll hopefully do very well in the game. Um, how would you go? Would you still go three at the back? Because I know you said that's your preferred position uh, formation with Chelsea. Would you do that, or would you look to go for a four at the back? No, I'll stay my three at back. So would you? I assume we're but we're we're both going to go with Ericsson, Bright, Carter. No, you're not going to go Carter. Interesting. Who are you going to go for? I'll put Newman in for Carter, but I've put Carter on somewhere else. Okay, now I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I would go... See, it's hard. I, I was fine with predicted lineups. There's no point in me doing one because I know Emma will, Emma will think differently anyway. Mm. Um, do you know what? I'm actually going to agree with you now. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to go with Ericsson, Bright. Newen, um, and then have 
I assume Carter right wing back. Yes, because I'm thinking hemp. Yes, that that is now I'm thinking Man City hemp. Yep, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, who would you play left wing back? Uh, go Whiten. Yeah, obviously we've got obviously we have that kind of more the defensive side with Carter. So naturally, I think Wrighton would need be needed in that um, in that position. Um, so for the for the midfield, how are you going to line up your midfield? I've been thinking about this, and it's Sophie Ingle and G. That's an that's an interesting midfield. Um, I am actually going to go a little bit different now. This is definitely not going to happen because, you know, well, actually, to be fair, it might happen because Emma, Emma does like to surprise us a little bit more. So you never know. It probably She probably will do it in the end. Um, Emma, I'm hoping, hope you're listening. Um, I actually think because the midfield battle will be very important, I actually think she might look to change it up a little bit formation-wise wise, and go with a little bit of a free in midfield. Having Ingle and Cuthbert still in the midfield, and then G sitting in front of them to almost play as that not quite a number ten, a bit more, de- probably a bit more defensive than a number ten, but to in- have an extra extra person in that midfield space, um, but then keep the link up between the attack. Um, but the the issue is who you drop up for, up front, which is. This is where you, people are going to go. Nope, switch off. Matt doesn't know what he's saying. Um, but stay with me on it. Um, I would then put up front Sam Kerr and then Bethany England, which everyone's going to go switching off. Harder's not in the lineup, but I do think Harder since she's come back from injury, she's not been fully up and firing. So. I think it would be where you have that great partnership between Bethany England and Sam Kerr. We saw that a couple of years ago uh, when we went on to win the title. Um, they have a very good partnership together up front. And I think with that G, with that midfield, I think they could really link up um, very well together, uh, almost with Wrighton as well. It could almost in that game as well, you could have Wrighton that could push up forward to become almost in the front three. And then Cuthbert could almost fill out out wide as the cover of the wing back as well. So it could change within the game between a 3 5 2, 3 3 4 3, um, as Emma likes to do anyway. Um, but yeah, that would be my kind of. It is a bit of an experiment. And I know a lot of people are probably screaming at their screens, probably turn it off and never watching the pod again. But that's how I'm going to go. Wayne, I'm sure you're going to disagree with me. Um, but what did you think? What do you think about that, and how would you do it? See, I, I do. I, I understand your points, but I would disagree. <laughs> um, see, I tell you, the truth, if I was partly weren't going to play Sophie Ingle, I was partly going to play Jesse Fleming with um, in the midfield with G, and then I was going to play Cuthbert harder. And uh, that's a, that, that again. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't work. The only thing with Ingle is she does provide that almost 
defensive, a bit more of just defensive stability. So it's like you, I'd all, I always when I when when Sophie isn't in the team, I'm always a bit apprehensive to see how how we're going to do in terms of the defensive phase, and obviously where Man City do have a lot of good forward thinking players, especially in terms of the midfield. I always worry that we don't have when we don't have Sam. Uh, Sophie Ingle in a team against the bigger sides, we always, we 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 struggle in a bit of defensive phase. Obviously, that team would very much kick ass in terms of the attack. Um, but it's always that that it, I, I'm always one of them. I I I I naturally have always been a fan that's a bit safety first. Um, but and especially in a cup final, maybe. But. I can understand your lineup as well. I think we both have. I think we both understand and respectively disagree with each other's lineups. But I'm sure whatever we say, Emma Hayes is going to do the complete opposite anyway. So all of this debate doesn't really matter too much in the end. Um, so what would be your prediction for the FA Cup final? We'll win on the penalty shootout. Oh no! I've had uh, Wayne. I've had enough stress already this season. Oh, I, I totally do think this weekend is going to be a double shootout. Oh, oh god! Oh yeah, I forgot it's both. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, this right, Wayne. Just make sure you phone me up on Monday. Make sure that that I'm still alive. Because I think, honestly, this weekend could be the death of me. (laughs) Oh, great. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a bit more, well, not more positive, but I'm I'm, I'm not going to predict the penalty shootout. um, Because I I don't think I have, I I, I expect the men's to go to a penalty shootout again. That's why I'm not going to predict the women's. Because, again, I, I need to save myself. Health wise, um, I'm gonna go with a one nil tight win. Uh, I think, well, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be sentimental. I think it's gonna be a G goal from outside the box. Could you imagine? And to make to make it even better, Spence is gonna come off the bench and assist it. Mm. Which I know it's not gonna happen, but. That, 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 that's going to be the prediction because I'm a bit of a sentimental one. Um, obviously, going on to that, obviously, it does put us into that last topic. Obviously, we 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 meant we talk, we spoke about G last time and um, Anderson as well. Obviously, leaving the club, but literally just after we did the podcast, they announced that Drew Spence is also leaving at the end of the season. Um, again, like G, she's been here forever. It seems. Um, what was your reaction to Drew Spence leaving? It was almost uh, that final kicking, weren't it? Yeah, um, we always knew that McPhil would be struggling, but then Drew, it's like, yeah, we need more midfielders now. Yeah. Um, she's a legend. Uh, she's done. Every, she's won everything for us. She's been a long server. She's played from the youth to now. She. I can understand why she wants to move on. She wants more game time. I can see that. I can understand that. And there'd be loads of teams 
want to sign her as well. I can. I bet she's got more than a dozen teams looking at her at the moment because she's that good of a player. And I wish her the best in the future. Definitely. I mean, you can, at least with like G and then Anderson as well, you, you kind of look at it and go, well, thank God they're not going to any WSL clubs because you know they would immensely improve you. I'm, I'm kind of slightly happy that they're going home. But I do expect, I assume Drew Spence will stay in the WSL somewhere. Um, so hopefully she doesn't improve her team too much. Um, but I, I, I do understand. I, I think she's been on the fringes of the side, um, even with the midfield troubles that we've mentioned. Almost players like Cuthbert and, and even Charles at points have come in the midfield and almost been ahead of Spence even at that point so I think I can understand why she would want to leave and she ain't got that football's a short career and you want to be playing as much as you can so I think uh, hopefully she does really well as you said she's won nearly everything she could possibly have at Chelsea um, and sometimes a new challenge for the fi- twilight of your career is sometimes the way players like to go and I think fair play to Spence she's done all she can here so she can leave her head held high just like G can Anderson can as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a credit to them. Um, obviously, that is the end to what is another wonderful podcast. Um, episode 103, I can't believe we've got this far. Uh, so, thank you to all of you that are listening. Um, so, make sure you like and follow us on all podcast platforms of your choice. Um, Wayne, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. And uh, thank you for letting me on. No worries. Pleasure having you on. So, guys, make sure, final thing, um, obviously we did mention a couple of episodes ago that we have um, made our Discord chat for the men's and the women's. Um, So we will have the link below in the podcast um, description. So make sure you click onto that and join the chat because we'll start from the future episodes getting some listener questions in, especially during the summer window when we're waiting and there's we don't want to talk too much about transfer news and we're trying to do specific videos. We'll get a lot of your questions in. So make sure you click on that to have some lovely debates um, to chat to me. Uh, hopefully I'll maybe get Wayne or other people on the cha- on, on the Discord chat to debate with you all. And then hopefully we might eventually start getting some of you guys on the channel um, in the future to start in some special listener podcasts that we've got planning up coming up hopefully soon in the summer. So make sure you tune in and click the link in the description um, when you finish listening to this. Uh, This is Matt. This is Wayne. We're champions of England. This is Chelsea Women's Show. Worldwide Chelsea. We're out.